Hi, and welcome to the Legal Innovation Talks podcast, where we have discussions with legal thought leaders from around the world in order to uncover the future of the legal space. I'm your host, Stephen Pulver. I would love to welcome you, Megan Booth, to the Legal Innovation Talks podcast. Uh, we're so excited to have you here. Um, we love uh, what you're doing. We love CEO Law. Um, and uh, it's just great to be connected. So, Megan, I think before we jump into all these fun topics, why don't you give a quick background as to who you are, what you're all about, what you do, I'm trying to be as broad as possible to let you let you shine. Yeah, that's no problem. I mean, thank you so much, Stephen, for having me. And um, I, this has been a great opportunity, and I'm looking forward to digging right in. Um, specifically, what I do is I am a business developer for a corporate law firm, an ALSP, CEO Law. Um, So we are a corporate commercial law firm, as I said, and we run a parallel technology company, which uh, you'll kind of see more of these hyphenated models um, as time goes on. Uh, Basically, what we do is we've just eliminated a lot of the overhead that traditional firms have. And we kind of created a two-sided marketplace whereby um, lawyers want to work with us so that they can sort of uh, support their own practice or forego the traditional, you know, working in a firm life existence. Um, And then on the other side of that, clients have um, access to senior legal experience, uh, senior legal lawyers, but they can do that at a price that's a little bit more reflective of, again, not having that overhead. And then, you know, some other things that we're working on. I mean, Minutebox is an exciting company as well. And we're looking at things like contract generation and how else we can incorporate technology into the client experience. Oh, well, that, that, that sounds great. So tell me a little bit about the, uh, well, I, I know you said ALSP. What does that, what does that mean? Of course, I know what that means, um, but I, I'd love to just, uh, let's talk about that first for listeners who, who haven't necessarily heard the term. What, what is that? Right. So an ALSP is an alternative legal service provider, um, which again, you know, is kind of a broad term to describe any sort of legal service provider that's outside of the traditional model. Um, And certainly we fall into that. And there's a couple of different types of companies that would fall under that umbrella as well. Um, I know that there are some models that kind of offer things like where you can kind of pick up the phone and just get uh, generic legal advice for, you know, a low monthly fee. Or again, you know, something like what we do is we provide more substantive um, legal counsel and even sort of secondment work as well. Um, and there's also a few different companies that are doing it that way and they all serve different um, legal purposes. That's great. So uh, certainly I, th- I think you'd probably <laughs> agree the changes um, even from before when, before your company was founded uh, just have changed so much. Uh, yeah. You know, I've, I've been watching the growth of, of both CEO law and, uh, and you were a founder uh, since we actually used to work together many, many years ago. And mm-hmm. I think back, back even five, six years ago, this idea of alternative legal service providers um, and, 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 the types of service they were providing was really, you know, there were a couple players in the space and now it's seeming like there's more players in the space, but the leaders uh, that kind of got on it a couple of years ago are really now at the forefront. Um, and I certainly think, I certainly think that, that uh, you're, you're part of that. So let's talk a little bit about uh, one key component, at least to me. And I think this will, this will resonate well with you. Right. When it comes to ALSPs, Let's talk about client service. Let's talk about the client experience. 
what mm-hmm. what does that look like and and how does that differ in your opinion from the traditional legal model or professional services model um you know that's a a great question um and i think it kind of depends on who you'd ask you know if you are a large company a big player and you've got a large legal spend your experience working with law firms might be different from if you were a startup or even um you know a medium sized company and uh you know that only really and that doesn't really work for everyone for obvious reasons so the idea of these types of things is to make legal more approachable and it remains true that what works for a small and medium company or a starting company in this sense often does work for a larger company people want value they want to know that they are valued as clients and they want a more connected and responsive experience and that's why these ALSPs have really come about we're looking at different ways to provide this type of service and um, yeah it's been great to get in on the down or on the ground floor of this and uh, because as uh, as I'm sure you totally understand as well it's a slow-moving industry people are resistant to change um, but uh, things are changing uh, and it's large of a lot of that is based around the fact that um, clients want a better experience so uh, you said one word that I've I've written down here and circled and I'd love to to pin this down a little bit more. You said the word approachable. So tell me what, tell me what approachable means to you, uh, to CEO law. Uh, you know, what, what does that word word mean? That's a great question actually. So I think approachable can kind of mean two things. Um, you know, from a very uh, literal standpoint, you know, um, it's about accessing the law firm in general, you know, uh, barring that we can't actually walk through physical doors right now. Um, how are you going to get the help that you need? So it's about kind of getting yourself out there and um, the way that you onboard people, the way that you have consultations with people. And then, you know, on the other side of that, making it approachable by the way that you counsel people and the way that you create your model. So things like how you set your price points and the flexibility of the service you provide and also um, the way that you counsel people. I was speaking with a tremendous person, um, Jonathan Cullen, who's the GC over at Pfizer, and he's spoken about principle-based um, uh, counseling. And I think that he touched on something really important, which is that you want to educate people um, and help them to understand the process so that they can make more informed decisions. And that's definitely a part of about being approachable. Yeah, I, I think that that, that, that sounds um, totally right to me. It, it's seeming like uh, when it comes to things like approachability uh, and clients having uh, really good insight into both their things like their spend, the types of work that's being done, the services being offered, uh, you know, as a former practicing lawyer, I can certainly say that that there was no very little transparency previously. And when a client really wanted to, um, when, when a client wanted to find out things about their account, if they wanted to, uh, if they wanted to see what services were being provided, if they wanted an up to the minute uh, accounting of, of where their hours were at, um, but also knowing that they could pick up the phone and call their trusted legal provider and say, hey, I have this question and not feel like they're going to get a bill for a thousand dollars. Um, because they know that either the rates themselves in your case or in other ALSP cases might be much lower. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not afraid to necessarily pick up the phone. But also, right. I think it's probably and in most cases, um, 
you know, the approachability standard means that lawyers are happy just to spend five minutes on the phone and maybe they're not going to necessarily bill that time because they know that over the life cycle of a contract or a project or whatever it might be, that Mm -hmm. these are just the ebbs and flows. And I've certainly felt this uh, working with our own lawyers, you know, always being concerned about how much is this going to cost? Like that being the first thing in my mind. Um, Would you say that cost and approachability can sometimes come in into conflict, right? If, if, if you're, you're in, in the sense of, I want to be able to approach my clients and be open and tell them what's going on, but I don't want them to think that this is going to cost them $5,000, $10,000, whatever it might be. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a tricky one. And of course, it's generally means up to the lawyer and sort of how substantive the answer really needs to be. But um, you're right. And I think that um, a lot of lawyers don't sign up to be lawyers to be salespeople and, you know, really rack up that billable hour. And you're seeing and that's why we retain and you're seeing a lot of lawyers explore other options because they want to just do the legal work. They want to do the work they enjoy. And that's part of that approachability. So, yeah, taking a five minute phone call is uh, something that you should be able to do and not feel like, oh, I got to get it on the record and it has to be billable for who or what, who is that serving, right? It's not serving the client and not necessarily not necessarily a lawyer in a traditional firm sense, right? Because they're not taking home so much of that cash. So. <laughs> I, I, I think you've hit the nail on the head and I think this is a perfect segue. Let's actually, let's talk about the lawyers. We do right. a lot of work here internally talking about the work of the modern professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not sure if you've seen us reference that term, but the modern professional using the modern tools for the trade. A good right. friend, Ramesh, has talked about this being like the pen of the 21st century, right? That the pen mm-hmm. becomes more than just the pen. It becomes the the tools and the tech stack and all these things. Let's talk specifically about lawyer happiness. Talk about your people. Yeah. Um, so I... I am um, relatively new to the legal industry, and I think one of the biggest eye-opening things that um, I've experienced are something that we already talked about, just sort of the lack of transparency in models. It's just, like, wow, mind-boggling to me. But also that, um, you know, lawyers are people too. <laughs> and um, they, and to, in order to get where they be, it's been, it's a very rigid existence. And so it's, of course, understandable that they would want to look elsewhere and explore different models um, to do the thing that they really love to do. You know, that's not to say that some lawyers don't love the selling of it, you know, to each their own. But uh, the lawyers want to um, explore new options, as I was saying, and see what other types of models work for them. And um, and that's another reason why the whole industry is, again, poised for change. Let's let's dig in a little bit more into the lawyer experience. So what does the lawyer experience look for, look like, I should say, um, specifically at CEO Law or, or broader? What what does the modern professional lawyer experience look like in your eyes? That's fair. Um, so certainly um, the appeal of working with something like us as CEO Law would be that we do a lot of that heavy lifting. Um, so again, like we were just talking about how lawyers in general really want to do the lawyering, the thing that they love to do. You know, they want to work with the clients and kind of dig into their cases and, you know, be a part of that experience. It's, I'm sure that most of them, again, I can't speak for everybody, but, you know, you're not generally thinking about invoicing, 
marketing. I got to tell you, a lot of lawyers are really not good at the marketing side of it. And, you know, you shouldn't have to be. Um, it's a whole different realm. And so uh, the appeal of a model of something like what CEO law does is that we do all of that for them and kind of keep things very, um, you know, narrow in the scope, just allow them to do that type of work and uh, just kind of take, take the leads as we, as we bring them to them. And- and it seems like it's similar on, on the client side as well. You mentioned before, you know, being a two-way marketplace. It yeah. seems like on the client side as well, um, having the ability to, uh, you know, work differently with their lawyers is also a win-win. It, se- it seems like on both sides, this is, a, this is a win-win. You have happier lawyers and you have happier customers, right? And well, we like to think so. <laughs> And I think as I say that, I'm probably also borrowing from the words of, of, of Steve, who I know, uh, who I know right. very well. And I know that when <laughs> he was, when he was looking at, at naming the company, he'd said, you know, ah. uh, customers, employees, and owners, right? That's so, right. <laughs> uh, and, and I know that, um, I know that these are key components right to the future of law at least i i see it that way and i know that at your organization you see it in in, in a similar light right where on both sides of the coin for the practitioners and the professionals and those that are actually receiving the services there's no reason for this to be a crappy experience there's no reason for clients to not have transparency about the hours or the bills or who's working on what. And there's also no reason for lawyers to feel like they're spending half their time on business development and they hate doing business development. Right. It's, it seems like the pure successful future alternative legal services providers like CEO lot really comes from that ability to harness that relationship on both sides and almost be an intermediary because there's a lot of crap in the middle there that um, you might love love doing and I would love doing. I love the operation (laughs) stuff, but most people, clients or lawyers have no interest in whatsoever. Yeah, no. And I mean, it's just a business one-on-one stick to what you're good at for the most part. Right. And uh, so we, we definitely try to help people do that. And again, it comes down to the approachability. Like, yeah, like um, lawyers don't want to be seen like, as an intimidating thing. And I think that a long, for a long time, it's been, you know, lawyer, non-lawyer. And so um, we're trying, you know, you want to kind of break down some of those barriers because it really can only benefit people on both sides of it, right? Um, like it serves a lot more of a purpose if a client can speak directly with the lawyer that's doing their work as opposed to, you know, going through a team of juniors and, all bureaucratic red tape, um, you know, go go straight to the horse's mouth, work with the person directly. Um, and it's not surprising that something like this is catching on. Um, it's more surprising how hesitant people are to believe something like this because it's just been so ingrained for so long, right? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm actually interested. So you'd mentioned before, you know, you hadn't been in legal for, for too long. What, what industry were you in prior to, to uh, the legal industry? Right. Um, so I have worked in construction. I've worked in cannabis and I have a long history in hospitality, uh, which was all the more interesting to me coming into this industry because it's um, it's very not hospitable in so many ways. You know, right. like it, it, I'm, and this is a general statement. Obviously, there's a lot of client care and but like the um, the account management and the you know, really building a relationship with people from from start to finish um, is in so many ways hasn't been happening. You know, um, 
the it hasn't there hasn't been a whole lot of customer service I feel like from from inception until now um, and that's not to say that there, it doesn't exist but I mean um, as we were saying like it it hasn't been as approachable and usually the people that get the greatest level of customer service have a bigger spend and right yeah so. <laughs> so so that's that's super interesting so um the, the hospitality background i can absolutely see the connection <laughs> between that and the and the role you're in in terms of bringing bringing ideas from other industries right into this space is also probably something that wouldn't have existed 10 years ago because if you had a hospitality background and you didn't have a legal background some right. firms might have said, you know, oh, you need 10 years plus of, of legal industry experience. But I, I believe, at least from my perspective, that it's actually been turned on its head. You know, oh, wow, you have a hospitality experience or you have a communications experience that is outside of this, this uh, industry. Let's bring those ideas in. And I think the more the industry does that and the more firms are hiring from um, a, a varied uh, array of, of, of people and industries, mm-hmm. we're going to start to see uh, better service because someone with, like yourself just understands how to treat people and work with people and, and provide an amazing, I was about to say guest experience, but I'll say uh, client <laughs> experience, right? So it, it, yeah. it, these are really amazing trends to see this because I, I, I got to think 10 years ago, even that wouldn't have been the case where we're getting these amazing individuals like yourself coming into the space uh, and, and bringing all of your ideas. And that's probably been pretty creative for you as well, right? Take, pulling on past experience and, and pulling it into, into the legal space. Yeah. Um, it's really been an incredible experience. And like you said, there's a lot of room for growth here and it was very similar in construction and just the sense that um, again, poised for change. And people were really like, there's no reason, like there was never really been a reason, but now there's definitely no reason why we shouldn't be uh, folk, being more client centric, you know, as competition heats up, that's really what's going to matter in the end. Um, and so, yes, pulling, and so hospitality professionals in general too, we, they often get pigeonholed. Um, and it's hard, and you'll find that a lot of people often eventually want to leave hospitality in general um, and branch out to other industries. And um, historically, as I was saying, you get pigeonholed. They don't, um, they don't see the value and how things can be transferable. But I can assure you that um, um, aside from my other experiences that I've had, that account management and understanding people and managing people, those are all things that are very hospitality related. Right. Um, yeah. Those are constant. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. I mean, as you, as you probably know, my background as as a kid and and growing up uh, as as a young adult through through my camping experience, which ended up becoming Fireside, which ended up you know yeah. becoming Minute Box and all these amazing things, really deriving from this idea of okay, we're gonna we're gonna create a great experience, whether it means yes. great experience for children at summer camp or great experience for adults at a, at a resort or wherever it might be that idea of creating an amazing customer experience pervades all industries. And it's so important for this industry, for this legal industry in particular to understand that, that we can derive so much value and so much benefit from people like yourself and many, many others that have a wealth of experience in other fields and are now, we're, we're just so grateful to bring these now into, into this space. 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, to, to your point, you have a very diverse skill set, and ultimately it only serves to, again, create a better experience, but it provides perspective. And the same thing in CEO law, our lawyers have all worked in companies before because obviously it's so much easier to counsel somebody um, if you've worked in a company or if you have a company or if you invest in a company, you need to have, it gives perspective. So this, you know, dusty old idea that you have to be very, very specific and narrow, um, it, it doesn't pull from diverse, different viewpoints and you end up with the same thing kind of over and over. Um, and what we're seeing now is obviously is that this is a great time for new ideas. It's a great time for innovation. That's why we're here, of course. So let let me let's segue into the final piece here. I'm ready. And <laughs> and and it, it it's it's a natural progression. And we talked last week uh, with our friend Renee Gill. Uh, she's uh, she's an amazing young uh, um, entrant into the world of of law and legal innovation. She does incredible work, and she's starting her first year at Ryerson Law. And I'm not sure how much you know about Ryerson Law, but it's it's a program I've been watching with with um, with much interest uh, in terms of their approach and how they're doing things. Do you have, and we have legal students that are starting their journey into the practice of law this coming September, uh, mm-hmm. and thousands more throughout throughout the country. What message do you have for the future practitioners in law, whether they want to continue practicing? Uh, or they might want to practice or they want to go into a business or operations role. What, what opportunities lay ahead for, for, for the practice of law? What, what message would you have for students about to start? Uh, well, I would say um, keep your options open unless you know exactly what you want to do. But as with anything in life, you know that it can, can kind of change over time. And there's never been a better time than now to explore different kinds of options and really feel, feel out what, what works for you. Don't, feel like, uh, don't be afraid to go against the grain and see what's out there. Um, there's nothing wrong with doing things in the traditional way, getting that gold-plated resume. But, you know, it is also about your happiness and uh, diversifying your experience. Um, so keep that in mind. And, um, you know, never be afraid to speak to people from all different angles and walks of life because the better perspective you have on how to work with people, the better that you will be able to lawyer. It's really that simple, like anything else. I love that. I love that. <laughs> I think it is so. It is so critical uh, to gain different perspectives. I think that the students, in particular, that are are joining at Ryerson are gonna uh, are gonna be in for a really unique, amazing new experience that no law students have have experienced before. And. I, I think in the same way that ALSPs really started taking off uh, in the last couple of years, I think that this new trend in, in legal education is 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 in a very obvious departure, but but a very obvious needed change uh, that we're going to see in the coming years. Megan, yeah. uh, I, I should say thank you uh, so much. Uh, we absolutely love the work you're doing at CEO Law. Uh, you, you're fantastic and wishing you the best of luck. Uh, I shouldn't even say luck because that's that, that <laughs> we all, we all know that there's so much more than that. There's skill. There's, there's all these components that go into uh, creating and fueling 
the future practice of law. So congratulations to you, uh, first off, for, for all the hard work you do uh, and, and where you're pushing the industry forward. Uh, do you have anything else that you want to, a- anything else before I kind of do the final conclusion here? Anything you want to share with us? Uh, no, you know, I, I think that we really covered a lot and I think it's important that you're doing podcasts like this because um, the legal industry is, as we were saying, poised for change and there is a lot of exciting work to be done and to move forward and I think we have a lot to look forward to. So I'm happy really just to participate and sit here and have this talk with you. <laughs> it's my pleasure and it's our pleasure. Let's do it again. How's that sound? That sounds fair. <laughs> okay, great. Everyone, this has been another week of the Legal Innovation Talks podcast with our friend Megan Booth from CEO Law. Uh, Megan, thanks so much and let's speak soon. Definitely.